From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Today, we have with us an expert in the treatment and management of asthma, a disease that can range from mild to severe and affect both children and adults. Dr. Ahmed Shawkat is an assistant professor of pulmonary disease and critical care medicine at Upstate Medical University. Welcome, Dr. Shawkat. Thank you for having me. So, what is asthma? So, asthma is a condition that affects the lungs. More specifically, it affects the airways in the lungs. Asthmatic people usually have sensitive airways to certain exposures. When they're exposed to these, their airways become inflamed, they become narrow and swollen, and that leads to asthma attacks. Okay. So is this something that develops in childhood, or does it develop later in life? Does it affect all ages? It does affect all ages. It's more common to develop in childhood, but adults can also develop asthma later on in life. So some of the symptoms that a person might feel if they've so got asthma. The main symptoms are usually difficulty breathing. Um, other symptoms include wheezing, and uh, that's a whistling sound with breathing, as well as a cough. Um, it's usually classically described as breathing through a straw. And that's what patients usually tell you um, when they come to the clinic. Like it's hard to get a breath in? Exactly. Or, yeah. It's hard to get a breath in and it's hard to exhale to get the breath out. Huh. Okay. All right. So um, what do you do when you see a patient for the first time who has these symptoms? Um, where do you go from there? What do you do for them? So the main thing um, to diagnose asthma, it's a combination of a very good history taking a good physical exam, and then we can get some tests. Uh, the main tests we get are breathing tests. Sometimes we would send for blood tests. Um, so if somebody tells me that they get short of breath around certain things, for instance, pets, um, that would make me very suspicious that he may have asthma. Um, some of the tests we use, the breathing tests, are um, we ask the patient to breathe into a tube, and we measure the amount of air they exhale. In asthmatic patients, before, because of the narrowing of the airways, um, they have some obstruction and they don't exhale as much air as you would in a normal patient. Okay. And you mentioned there's blood tests as well? Or there might be? There are blood tests, and that's usually to subtype the asthma. We can also send blood tests to check for allergens. Uh, these are basically things that patients are, are sensitive to that may trigger asthma attacks. So um, is asthma... Uh, connected to allergies? It is, absolutely. So asthma is an allergic disease. So they run hand in hand with other allergic diseases. For instance, eczema, which is a skin allergic condition, as well as uh, nasal allergies or hay fever. All right. Well, what do we know yet? What causes asthma? We're not quite sure what causes asthma. Um, we do know from research we have that um, certain conditions can predispose you to developing asthma. For instance, if you have a family member who has asthma, you're about three or four times more likely to develop asthma. So it runs in families. Absolutely. So there's a genetic component there. Uh, we also know that um, children exposed to certain viral or bacterial infections can develop asthma later on in life. Interestingly, um, we have noticed or recognized that uh, pregnant women who smoke are more likely to have babies um, with asthma. Oh, okay. Okay, but we don't know exactly 
why that is. We just notice the association. Exactly. So it's most likely a combination of both the genes as well as exposures in the environment. Okay. Well, how common is it? I I hear about asthma a lot, but how many people actually have it? So asthma is actually um, increasing steadily. Based on the most recent data from CDC, in the last decade, decade, asthma has been going up slowly. Um, About 26 million people in the United States have asthma. That's about 1 in 12 adults. We also know that's more common in certain ethnicities, for instance, African Americans and Puerto Ricans. So um, if it's increasing, does it have anything to do with our environment or pollution or are, are there thoughts about why it's increasing? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So we have noticed from uh, medical research that asthma is increasing more in developed countries. We also know that children who live in or near farms are, more likely, are less likely to develop asthma. So that has led to what we call the hygiene hypothesis. So this theory postulates that as we become more, more westernized, we place more emphasis on hygiene, sanitation. So our children are not exposed to bacterial and viral infections like they would have before. Um, this in turn leads to a, a change in the development of their immune system. So they become more likely to develop asthma. So this is one of the hy- hy- hypotheses to explain the increased asthma in developed countries. Interesting. Um, this is Upstate's Health Link on Air with Dr. Ahmed Shawkat, a doctor of pulmonary disease and critical care medicine at Upstate, and we're discussing asthma. So back to the doctor's office when you have a patient who comes in with these symptoms and you do these the breathing tests and the blood tests perhaps, um, and you come up with a diagnosis of asthma, what, what then? Once a person's told they have asthma, um, what does their life look like? So asthma, unfortunately, does not have a cure, but we can definitely treat it and we can manage the symptoms. Um, So when we diagnose somebody with asthma, um, first of all, some asthmatic patients have mild asthma, so we may not even treat them. Um, We may just give them what we call a quick relief medication. So there's two categories of medications we treat asthma with. A quick relief medication is a medication you take only when you have symptoms, and it usually works within minutes. Um, the other medication is called a long-term controller medication. So the quick one, is that the breather, the inhaler? Correct. That you, okay. Yes. So it's mainly an inhaler um, that you take a puff when you get these symptoms of asthma, uh, which is the shortness of breath or the wheezing. Um, the long-term control medications or medications, like the name implies, are used long-term, and they prevent asthma worsening and asthma exacerbations. Um, They usually decrease the inflammation in the lungs. So is it a pill that you take every day or? It's the long-term is typically inhalers. Oh, they are. Um, There are pills as well, um, but usually the first line are inhalers. Um, They have low dose steroids in them for the most part. So if you're taking these um, long-term medications um, and you come to uh, spring when everything starts blooming, are you liable to see sort of a reaction to um, the pollen and such? Yeah, absolutely. So there are certain things that um, can trigger asthma attacks, and we call them triggers. Um, pollen spring um, in spring can trigger asthma attacks. We usually ask the patient to increase their medication sometimes before allergy season. 
Um, some other common ones are dust mite. Um, these are tiny bugs that are in, in all houses, mostly in carpets and mattresses. And these can sensitize the airways in asthmatic patients, leading to asthma exacerbations. Another big one is pets. So cats and dogs, we know, release dander, which is dead skin, uh, which can also trigger asthma attacks. So it sounds to me like you kind of need to know what you're allergic to, too. If, if you get diagnosed with asthma um, and you don't know whether you have allergies, do you also need allergy testing? or? Um, for the most part, we can identify these triggers by asking the right questions. So taking a very good history and asking, and usually you know, I mean, if you are around cats or dogs, your asthma symptoms would flare up. Sometimes we would send for blood tests to check for allergies, as well as skin tests. But usually it's just asking the right questions. You can questions. figure it out based on, okay. Yeah. All right. So um, there's times, though, that uh, asthma is uncontrolled. Some people have, is it just a more complex or more severe case or... Yes, um, so asthma can be uncontrolled despite taking the medication. Actually, the most common reason for asthma, uncontrolled asthma, is you don't know how to take your inhaler. So a really? lot of patients actually don't know, and, and based on one study, about 80% of patients did not know how to use their inhaler. 80%? Yes. Do, do doctors not show them how to use the inhaler? or That, does... that is probably part of the problem. Really? Um, so taking five minutes of your time to demonstrate how an inhaler is used can make a big difference. Now, other reasons for uncontrolled asthma include coexisting medical conditions, for instance, heartburn, severe acid reflux or nasal allergies, all these can contribute to uncontrolled asthma. So if you have other, other medical problems, it might make it exacerbate it, make it, it worse. It might exacerbate it and might make it more difficult to control until these coexisting medical conditions are also controlled. Okay, so that becomes a puzzle for the physician to control all of this. Yes, absolutely. So um, talk to me, if you will, about recent advances, um, if there have been, in treatment for asthma. Absolutely. So as our understanding of asthma increases, we recognize that asthma is a very heterogeneous disease. So basically, it's not one size fits all. There are different subtypes of asthma. So our treatments now are targeted to these different subtypes. Um, more recently, in the last um, couple of years, there have been a couple of new medications um, that have been FDA approved. Um, these are mostly in the form of injections that are taken once a month. These medications target specific pathways of asthma in these patients, and they can decrease and prevent asthma exacerbations. So you mentioned the subtypes again. Are, are there, what, what types of subtypes are there? So we know, for instance, there's a subtype that develops in childhood, and that's usually allergic asthma. We also understand that you can develop asthma in adulthood. Later in the elderly uh, can develop asthma as well. Mm -hmm. Um, there's subtypes associated with obesity, for instance. So there's different subtypes, and therefore our treatments should be targeted to these different subtypes. And there's so many asthma medications on the market. Are some of them better for some types of asthma than others? Most of the medications out there are similar. They have the same, they um, same components, which is mostly inhaled steroids as well as some medications to dilate the airways. Um, but different companies come up with different medications. There may be small differences, um, but most of them are similar. Um, now, the newer medications, the injections, 
Um, these are more targeted to very what we call eosinophilic asthma, which is more of an allergic asthma component. Okay, but the majority of them work to dilate the airways to keep the airways open. Dilate the airways and decrease the inflammation in the airways. Interesting, interesting. Um, well, do you have any other advice for someone who thinks that they've got they've got these symptoms? Do they need to go to a specialist or do they need to go to a primary care doctor first? Well, it really depends on how severe the asthma. Usually primary care doctors can take care of mild asthma. If it's uncontrolled, then a referral to a specialist is warranted. And we can take it from there and take certain blood tests and see if they qualify for these more advanced therapies. Very good. Well, thank you for the information. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for This has me. been Upstate's Health Link on Air with Dr. Ahmed Shawkat, a doctor of pulmonary disease and critical care medicine at Upstate.